Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's me, your host, Joe Slepsky, and this is Joe on Joe, the only podcast where we watch every episode of G.I. Joe, the real American hero animated series in sequential order, episode by episode. And if you're listening to this episode and if you've listened from day one, this has been a three year journey, ladies and gentlemen. This is the final episode of G.I. Joe, the animated series that we're going to be doing here on Joe on Joe for the time being. This is the culmination of a three year journey of many, many wonderful episodes, many bad episodes and a couple episodes so terrible we saved them for last. And I am honored and happy and uh, uh, it's been a long time coming for my guests today. Uh, they, they are both military veterans from, in their words, the only branch of military that exists, the U.S. Army. Hoorah. Yeah, Hoorah. It's, it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's I want to welcome uh, their, their film and television producers, directors. They work directly in v, with VME, the Veterans in Media and Entertainment. Please welcome. Uh, I, I was going to get your I forgot to get your your, your like your, your official U.S. Army name. You were captain. No, I was were Lieutenant you? Craft. Lieutenant Karen Kraft. Captain Rebecca Murga. Captain Rebecca Murga, welcome to Joe on Joe. Yeah, buddy. So glad to be here. We finally made it. I'm very excited to have right. you. Karen, you're awesome. You work with a ton of geek pop culture stuff out here in LA and with mm. mainstream stuff. And, and you're you're really killing it in Hollywood, making all kinds of documentaries, producing things. You've worked on the Discovery Channel. You've worked on Shark Week. Wow. Years ago. It was so <laughs> much ago. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and primarily you are the um you're the you're the spearhead for an organization called Veterans in Media and Entertainment. VME. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, Veterans in Media and Entertainment is a group of over thirty four hundred vets now out here mostly in Los Angeles, but we have chapters in DC, New York, Atlanta, and emerging chapters in uh, Austin and Chicago. And we are a group of veterans that are looking just to connect with other veterans who want to be in the industry. So all career paths, writers, producers, directors, HR people, legal marketing people, everyone who served in all in the army and those other branches. What are those other branches? I don't know. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm well, I think kidding. The other, yeah, well, on this show, it's, it's the other branches of the Dreadnoughts. <laughs> right. The, the Iron Grenadiers. Uh, Darklon's Army. I forget yep. what that's called. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, Actually, yeah. that's a nickname for the Air Force, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, and that's great. So you're you're like a... Um, uh, like a like a, you're like a, we're an alumni life, group. You're a real alumni group. That's, That's what exactly we are. We're an alumni word. group with, we all share military service in common. And we have vets of all generations, part of our group, um, over a hundred Vietnam vets who are many of them working in the industry. Uh, Luis Soto's directing a project right yeah. now. Tucker and it's Smallwood. Directors, actors, animators. Yes. It's literally anyone who's been in service who then wants to do something in the creative slash media arts field video games right absolutely all of that it's all it's funny too because like you know veterans are not new to hollywood um like right after world war ii some of the most amazing filmmakers of all time frank capra yes um you know came back from world war ii and it's a wonderful life was the first film he made um after the war and so you had a lot of amazing filmmakers was that documentary just came out was it called and five came back five and five yeah. came back yes right yeah. which That's is an um, amazing an amazing documentary outstanding and really looked at it's based on a book 
um, but really looked at what these filmmakers did uh, as far as, because uh, these were filmmakers who were uh, Academy Award uh, nominated and award-winning filmmakers who left um, the success here in Hollywood, went uh, to fight in the war and then came back um, and all had very different experiences uh, in the war. And, you know, were some of the, um, they really were trailblazers uh, of our time as far as filmmakers. You know, I'm a director and have studied uh, their work for years. And so when you look at this new crop of uh, military veterans who are coming back from the wars from, you know, I served in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, you know, the it hasn't always been that way. You know, World War II, we, 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 we really embraced them. And then during Vietnam, um, you had a lot of veterans hiding who they were mm-hmm. when they came here. And our organization really sprouted up in trying to give veterans who are seeking to, one, uh, tell their story, but trying to make it in this industry and in, in their various careers, have a place to go, have a community, um, and have the support that they need. And, you know, Karen has been instrumental, really, in, in helping find veterans' jobs, and she can talk a little bit about the job and internship program. Um, but it's really having that support behind you um, that that used to be there in the golden age of television, you know, directors supported one another, you know, mm-hmm. studios got behind directors. That's with the, the content that comes out now, you don't really have that community. And, and that's what VME does is provide that community. That's awesome. And, mm-hmm. and Rebecca, you are, uh, you were, first of all, we got to call it out. You're originally from Chicago. Come on, baby. Uh, Come on, baby. Shantan. Bears. Hey, the yeah, Bears. bears. Uh, and and your GI Joe versus the Bears. First of first of all, my friend, uh, GI Joe team had a member of the Bears on it in William the Refrigerator Perry. There right? you go. So there he, you go. So literally, the Bears are always ready to be talked about on a GI Joe podcast. There you go. Uh, so let's talk about that. But you are uh, you were you're in the currently you're in the Disney ABC Directors Program. That's correct. So uh, you know, born and raised in Chicago, I always say I'm a product of two things, which is one, the great city of Chicago, which and the is, second thing is sausage. <laughs> the second thing is sausage, <laughs> and the third thing is my in my military experience. And so um, I feel that specifically in Chicago, it was so rich with like theater, and you know, one of the first things I ever saw um, in the theater as a, as a young poor kid from Humboldt Park. Uh, is Gary Sinise used to used to give out tickets to a lot of you know young inter- inner city kids, and I got to see him um, on that stage um, at Steppenwolf uh, in a in Streetcar Named Desire, Amazing. which was Lieutenant outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so um, you know from there I ended up joining the military and came out here, and yeah, I got into the ABC um, uh, directing program. They they accept uh, eight directors every two years and have studied under some amazing uh, directors and really. You know, a lot of that has come through like some of the mentorships and guidance of um, veterans in media entertainment who, you know, I, a lot of the, the work that I did coming in, I got crew from mm-hmm. this group. Um, I got a lot of mentorship and guidance from Karen who had, you know, you, you really, I think to make in this industry, you have to work on your craft, but you also have to understand the business. And I feel, cool. and I feel like they don't, people don't really teach you that specifically if you're a Puerto Rican kid from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so having a community. Oh, I can of, testify to that. Come on now. Nobody teaches you. <laughs> nobody teaches you nothing. Listen, we just had our DNA test done and mine came back white. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just a hundred percent white. <laughs> I think it came back Lily. Yeah, white. Yeah, yeah you're good. <laughs> 
that's 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 really cool. And you've uh, you've shadowed on like um, uh, Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield, which was uh, amazing to to watch. Just the process of like how you take that into a scripted series. Um, was able to uh, shadow on shows like Grey's Anatomy. Mm. Um, uh, there's a show called Unreal that shoots up in Canada. That's um, that's actually a Lifetime show. That was a, a fantastic show. I think um, the official name of that is Unreal A. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to correct you. I, don't be that I, guy. Actually, you're right. You're, you're that, very I'm right. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to the studio, <laughs> eh? <laughs> TJ Brady on Shooter and TJ Brady on Shooter. Yeah. So, so it was through VME that, uh, TJ is an amazing writer. Um, what's, is he a West Point guy? He's West Point. And then he was armor and Uh, army, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So the best writers are. So so let's step back a little bit. Let's talk about your journey. So Karen, you're, 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 well, you're both army. And Mm -hmm. when did you enlist? Like where, or what's your, like, what's your story? Was it right after high school? Were you like, like, what's yeah we don't have to give exact years Joe. no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> i'm teasing no, no. Well, i'm teasing right after high school i'm talking about like last year right well, you, you, uh, see you graduated high so school smart. and you were such you were like uh, uh you were it's like crazy, you were like huh? universal soldier right and they were like oh, she's too good let's get her out of here and let's set do it up it. no but like like was it was no, it like you signed up right after high school or did you i, like, I knew look, in high school so my brother and i enlisted together and he was the one that set the way but someone in my family had always served back almost every generation we have um to the civil war Wow. And so I actually wanted to go in the Peace Corps originally, but it was... What my- side of the Civil War? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. You don't, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> Actually, uh, woo, things just got hot in here. Karen Kraft no longer has a career. <laughs> Actually, my ancestor's name was Joseph Kramer, and he was a drummer originally. He, he enlisted when he was 13, but uh, he was with the 140th in from New York, from Rochester, New York. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's oh, where that's I'm amazing. from, is upstate New yeah, York. Yeah, 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 so that's Western amazing. New York. So it's cool, but all this sassing aside, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I originally, I just wanted to travel, and it was my father said, if you join the military, you'll have that fraternity for life, mm-hmm. right? Using well, as, And it was great. So my brother and I, I went into the military the day after, I went to basic training the day after I graduated from high school. Mm. And then the plan was to go right into college, and then I went to school, Ithaca College, and I did ROTC at Cornell. And then I um, kept I kept going from there. And uh, I was a reservist. I did some active duty on the training and a reservist. It was a very different time. It was 87 to 93, mm-hmm. Desert Storm time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a lot of downsizing in 92. And so it was a very different time, but I was very proud to have served. And then it just so happened that I got some. I went and pursued medieval history as a master's and then also filmmaking mm-hmm. in D.C. And then I got lucky through a friend. Yeah. A I, filmmaking friend, Eric Van Risen, who introduced me to people at Discovery Channel and to just right place, right time. That's crazy. I was a junior during uh, Desert Storm in high school. Right. And oh, so yeah. that was a scary time for us because yeah. we all, the only experience we had had was our previous generations of, you know, right. all, half of my dad's friends, you know, not coming back from Vietnam and all that stuff. And we were like, I don't know what's going on. Are they going to draft again? And then it ended relatively quickly. It was super quick. <laughs> <laughs> then then that weekend ended. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, so so I thank you. I thank you cause for, uh, for for stepping up and, and being a part of the service at that time. It was, well, it was very it was, important. It was great. And yeah. I'm glad I did it. And I still have great friends to this day. I'm still very close with several people. I went through basic training and officer mm-hmm. training. Where did you do basic? This. 
So I did a basic down in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, mm. in World War II barracks, which wow. was pretty amazing. And they were still in the condition from World War II. So it was tons of fun. That's and really cool. uh, I, all of it, the military, especially I think most veterans would say that looking back, it's always fun. Right. Because even though you go through all those hardships, it really helps you out. But at 3 a.m. when you're carrying a rocket, it's uh, no, not so no, much. It's less fun. So much fun. And, and she had a whole different military experience. Yeah, Mine was light yours. to hers. Well, I, and I wouldn't say that. Like, um, I was going to chime in and say that, you know, um, Karen went through uh, our experiences are so differently because of the limitations that were put on women during that time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, she went in at a time where uh, there, there weren't a lot of women in there. They couldn't do certain jobs. They couldn't go to certain schools. And I would say that women that went in that generation, which is like um, in the 80s and 90s, you know, they couldn't be fighter pilots. They couldn't mm-hmm. um, things that I, it doesn't even dawn on me. And and I came in before the the lift of um, uh, the combat exclusion policy for women. It was women like her who really paved the way to allow that combat exclusion policy to be lifted so that we could have opportunities that we had. Um, you know, I, I joined, um, I was actually living in, uh, Pennsylvania when 9-11 happened. And, um, I think it affected anyone who was in that industry. You know, I, I loved, you know, um, cartoons like GI Joe and I always, always wanted to like be in the military, but mm-hmm. I, I never, you know, I decided to, to go to school and I think it was after 9-11 that, um, I felt like I wanted to pitch in. So I ended up joining, um, ended up getting deployed to Iraq in, in 2007, um, and then, um, uh, went to Afghanistan and spent a better part of about three years, um, between Iraq, Kuwait and Afghanistan. Wow. And, um, yeah. And that was prior to the combat exclusion policy. So in 2011, um, uh, the military decided to start, uh, something called uh, CSTs, which was cultural support teams, which was women for the first time being attached to like Navy SEALs and special forces. And so, um, I was one of the first women out there and helped to manage some of those teams, which was great. And I was really proud of the, the women that were on the ground. Amazing. Um, but it was shortly after that, you know, you had women who were giving their lives for this country, but not allowed to go to leadership schools, not allowed mm. to do the jobs that they wanted to do. And so um, it really was amazing when they finally opened up. Um, and there's still controversy about that. And, I'm, you know, we, we could have a whole nother show about, um, <laughs> you know, the girl G.I. Joes. <laughs> hey, listen, the we'll, G.I. Janes, we'll right? Yeah, no, there was a G.I. Jane. There was, yeah. Um, uh, so, so, yeah. So it was uh, very. Well, if I may, yeah, too. Ironically, is that Rebecca came after uh, her Afghanistan tour. She made the decision to pursue her passion, which is to become a director. Mm-hmm. And she came out to Hollywood and met some of the first people here, right, in the first month through our group and built out a friendship. But ironically, her path being a director in Hollywood, it was easier to be a woman in combat. I, I say that there was more women in combat in Afghanistan than there are directing in yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> right. That was so, a really good time for yeah. 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 it. What a, a change. lot of doors are opening. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. It's it really is, great. It is great. And we appreciate... Uh, everyone who supported that change and continues to support that, and especially the men who see that as uh, just being fair, mm-hmm. right, and giving everybody that yeah, spot. And, so and, and giving everyone the chance to show what they've got because there's no inherent uh, quality level just because you know you have a right. different set of genitalia. Yeah. Right. You know, you all tell different. You all tell. You can all tell stories well, and then everyone has a unique perspective in which to tell it. So let's explore those perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. let's 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 see the lens through someone right. else's eyes and see what that lens looks like. Correct. And I appreciate you thinking that way. And for our angle, it's just we're each an individual and we just want our chance to have a shot and prove ourselves. Yeah. 
That's it. Yeah. Whether it be in the military or be here in the industry yeah. and work hard for everything and earn it. And what's right. great about VME is that you guys are inclusive of all the branches, even like Coast Guard even. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you invited us, uh, Toilet Teal and I were there yeah. for a um, uh, for one of the, one of your meetings. We were gracious enough to have us out last yeah. year. And um, uh, I remember there was one guy from the Coast Guard one there. Coast Tim Shaner. I love Tim. He was awesome. Yeah, no, I love, he was great. He was, I'm so proud. Yeah, and he was so proud of me. He's like, you know, whatever, whatever he chatted, it was, it was fantastic, and everyone loved it. You know, yeah. And, and the, there's tribalism in, with within the group but then there's this also this uh outward projecting sense of unity too so we're all stand every branch stands arm in arm yeah, locked up right. against the world internally right yeah, it's yeah. constant teasing yeah poking fun picking on the navy well this right? is this and is also the type like you know brothers and sisters this is also yeah. the type of environment where if you're not picking on someone you don't really like them <laughs> <laughs> So right. it's kind of, you yeah. know, it's kind of, it's like having a brother that you can't yeah. pick on. Um, it's yeah. just part of, of what you it's, do. It's well, military culture. So that, so Joe and Joe listeners, you guys know that was the absolute um, uh, relationship that they built in the cartoon for uh, Wetsuit and Leatherneck. Mm-hmm. Wetsuit oh, awesome. was a Navy diver. Leatherneck mm-hmm. was a Marine. I love and it. And on the cartoon, they just beat each other up called them jarhead the whole time yeah. oh sure called yeah. Them fish yeah. face yeah like it was every time they had them on it was the most delightful relationship in all this car all these episodes those two were back and forth at each other and then the stuff would go down on the episode and they would show they had their back yeah right yeah and then and then the episode would wrap up and they would punch each other it's, in it's face. perfect it's, it's, it's the same thing we just great. we call each other worse names yeah, but well, yeah. <laughs> But we're going PG here. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's for a sure. perfect analogy because mm-hmm. of how we do it. And just for anyone listening, our group holds what we call guest speaker series events. Mm-hmm. And so we hold uh, three to four of those a year at the Hollywood Post 43. That's and the that's American we Legion. We saw John Voight. Yes, so right. It was wonderful. Stan Lee came in. Oh, so, yeah. rest in peace. And Stan Lee was a member of VME and mm-hmm. that particular post. Um, he joined that post with me. Yeah. So I knew him for many, many years. But uh, so so we've also had great names like um, Gail Ann Hurd, who mm-hmm. created, wrote, co-wrote the first Terminator, yes. right? Runs yeah. the Terminator franchise. Absolutely. She's a great friend to vets. Uh, Tom DeSanto did, X, did the X-Men projects, another one that's come out and spoken. Joe Bruce Cassata. Cohen. Joe, yeah, Joe Cassata. I'm trying to get him. He's the, oh, we Will, wouldn't love Joe. Him? So, uh, I did, but there was a sea of people between us last so week. So Karen and I were at the uh, Stan Lee celebration last week that took place at uh, Man's Chinese. Or is that Man's Chinese anymore? Is it it's still Man's Chinese Man's Theater. TCL. Yeah, it always be Man's Chinese to me. Even though I was never there when it calls Man's Chinese. And it was a lovely, Cassata was there. Yes. And did you have a chance to corner him? I did not. I couldn't get through because we, we did so many military things. I was trying to get down to the uh, – we we were asked, we being VME, to celebrate yeah. Stan since he was a member. So yeah. we presented God on Flags and stuff to the partners and business partners who put that together is a show of appreciation for – everyone coming together to honor one of ours because Stan Lee was a World War II veteran and and Army, I might add. Right, right? and you are a massive comic book uh, expert and fan. and I'm a geek for sure. Yeah, and so many of the the, the building blocks of comic books were built by veterans, you know, built by the very guys we were talking about that went out, went to, just like the directors went to serve in World War II, you know, Will Eisner went, you know, Will Eisner used to do uh, the the military brochures and Kirby, I believe, did military brochures or like the pamphlets to instruct people how to do stuff. Um, And so many, just the Stan Lee served, all these guys served in World War II and then they came back and we're like, yeah, let's draw comics. 
Right. I mean, that, that's why yeah, Qbert, you know. It was the best way for um, you know, to get a message out to the GIs. So whether it was like, you know, this is why we fight, um, you know, drawn in in, in um a panel or um, hey, this is how not to get an STD, um, <laughs> it, <laughs> which was very important back then. Yeah. Um, it's really how they communicate it to these young guys who, I mean, you have to imagine at that time they were 17, 18, oh, 19 yeah. years old um, doing and, and some it, incredible things. In a world of not, not at all to say they were less intelligent people, but the world was not as information right. ready as right. it is there today. Was no so there was no yeah, internet. Yeah. No, yeah. There wasn't as much, uh, uh, just free flowing information. Mm-hmm. So that's right. The, the guys that were going over there, they didn't have as large a scope of the world. And so there was, it was a huge importance. And I to, think to I read some, some of those, some of those <laughs> things that maybe like today, cause they're like, yeah, of course I know about blah, 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 blah. But like, no, a lot of right. these guys were, you just hadn't had the life experience or hadn't had the world knowledge. I mean, I, I also think like the, the way that, I mean, we do it now with the young soldiers where we make videos and we make, because, you know, these, uh, especially young kids, like the world is changing. And so they're faster and they need, you know, we use VR for yeah. a lot of stuff back then. I mean, it was so important to get in, whether it was a panel or get in a, in a, in a graphic uh, novel the the information that they needed you know why why are you fighting this mm-hmm. is how you put your weapon together mm-hmm. and it was critically important um, for for those young guys to get information and that's how and that's how they did and it and they needed to do it fast yes because they were getting drafted oh. and sent over there super fast yeah. like, I'm not sure what the traditional time is today but I, I back, <laughs> it, it, it's still it, fast today it but fast? it's not is as it? fast as yeah you it's, know. it's not like so, it's not like they needed to get people over on the front line. Correct. Like tomorrow. Right. Correct. And we have to remember in that day and age, I, you know, I think the numbers like 90% of the soldiers, sailors, airmen all came from uh, agricultural communities. Mm. Right. Yeah. So they're really far out and spread. And they would enlist or form up in groups as neighbors because they yeah. hadn't really created the draft as you go and mm-hmm. you just randomly picked. But you, could, you like all three of us, because we're all in a, a neighborhood mm-hmm. right now, this room, right? We could right. all be drafted together oh, and okay. go off in the same unit. So it's all very different, but the the stuff that Stanley did and Joe and all those, as far as um, Stanley had the military occupational specialty signet, um, number of pl- army playwright, and there was only about oh, nine people. Wow! World. And so he was actually uh, put in the Signal Corps, which was your corps. Yeah, and he, you know, he was like I said, I don't, I don't know him. Um, Karen um, has known him since she she was eight. I think yeah, eight, I kept, eight. yeah, I kept him from her just for the sake. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but I would say, like anyone who um, spoke about him, like he was just such a humble guy, and would say, like, hey, I didn't do much while I was over there, but what he did was, su- you know, I truly do think that that filmmaking and storytelling, which is what what he did, was so important um, to G- you know having deployed. Um, uh, to Afghanistan and being in the middle of nowhere, um, having just one piece of you that, that can kind of take your mind off what you're doing day to day or keep, keep your mind off the war was so critically important, I think. Um, and so, you know, when, when people talk about, you know, and I, I've had, I, I grew up on, on baseball cards and comic books. Um, but when people trivial, uh, um, Trivialize. Sorry. Yeah. Trivialize what what it does. It's 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 really important. You know, it's it's critically important. Yeah, I think. Absolutely. Now, when you were at service, uh, did, did 
I've, I've contributed to some like give comics to vets, mm-hmm. you know, send boxes of comics over and stuff. Did you like, would you guys oh, get wait. comics over? Oh there? yeah. We'd get, we'd get, you know, the, um, the, the well, great thank thing. You. Yeah. Right. Thank oh, well, you. You're welcome. The, I, well, actually we should uh, give a shout out to our, our very good friend of the show, Jason Inman, who he served and he, every year he does a oh, that's uh, awesome. comics for vets drive yeah. around the fall. They call it the Jawin. That's his, uh, his online persona. John Wynn, uh Comics Drive, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it a little bit on the show, and so so every well, we year, want to support that. Okay, so yeah. we're going to get you guys connected with yeah. Jason. Oh, that's um, great! And he's delightful. Yeah, so he raises like he got like six thousand books or or, or it was a, it was a crazy high number. Yeah, right. um, and and we do it through the Wounded Warriors program, I think. right? Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of um, like I said, especially if you're injured, like um, and you are held up in a hospital, whether it's Germany or what have you. There's not a lot of libraries that you can go to. Yeah. So having um, just having that something to read and take your mind off something um, is just so important, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, but I I think you know it's I think people sometimes um, don't really consider like what what having you know storytelling has been here since since the dawn of man and um, how important and you know, it's, it's how it's, I think why storytelling is so organic to people is because when you read it as a kid, you process it, you, you know, what a, what a good story is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you just don't know how to define like, okay, this is the first act. This is the second act. So. Comic books were the first printed stories ever. Cave paintings or comic books cave without, paintings. without yeah. the captions. Yeah. Cave right. paintings are literal comic books. Yeah. That's the old yeah. concept. You could do a, the, the silent issue, uh, Larry Hama's G.I. Joe number 21, silent issue was done without uh, any any captions or word balloons or, you know, I think it was all mm. silent. That was wow. the gag of the, sh- of the eight series. Yeah, it's the most, absolutely considered the most popular Joe book of all time, but it's one of the landmarks of the 80s. Uh, Details snake eyes breaking into a castle to free Scarlet and the, whatever. That's a cave painting. Yeah. There's no difference between what Larry put on the page there and what someone drawing uh, like a big giant bear with arrows sticking out of it, you know, like stay away from this thing. It's a creature warning to yeah. people who come along next. I think there's, they found the bubbles now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a, uh, this was pre computers. So the, the real reason they don't tell you is they couldn't afford a letterer. That <laughs> Marvel sales had dipped. Um, no. And, and you know, and it's, it's cave, it's cave painting. It yeah. goes back to the primal urges. So when people are like, Oh, comics are kids stuff or comics. Are... No, 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 no. It's a language yeah. mm-hmm. of communication. Mm-hmm. That is as primal as anything. It's more intrinsic than us taking the sounds that come out of our mouths, forming that into an agreed upon language, mm-hmm. and then, you know, agreeing upon tenses and and articles and pronouns. And mm-hmm. you know, like th- those are so many steps that we agree to when we form a language. Mm-hmm. Versus, I'm going to draw you a picture of a giant fire and then a drawing of you being burned by it mm-hmm. and in pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. Right. Don't You're pointing to Rebecca when you say that, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 Not yeah. to me. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you yeah. get it. Like, intrinsically, oh, I, I understand what you're trying to convey. That's easier than language. Yeah. It's way easier right. than language. It's visual. It's visual. And it's, it's, it's the it's, art of visual storytelling yeah. is so extraordinary in the comic books. And so I'm a comic book geek. I have thousands of comics in cold storage. Yeah. And I love it. And we were talking about that before yes. we started. I freaking love comic books. And what I love is the chances they take. For example, the silent issue you just talked mm-hmm. about. And the constant, uh, I remember in, um, it was early 80s, when I suddenly realized the difference between the illustrators, the writers, the importance of inking, lettering. Mm-hmm. And you, it's, instead of coming to you as a whole form, you start breaking it down. 
because when you're a kid, you're just absorbing it. And yeah. the story's great. I love yeah, you it. Think it's one person did this whole right. thing. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I don't know and, who these other six people are on this page. Totally. This was all done by Chris Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And when you're a kid, you're so excited. And my, I have two older brothers. Lexi, wait, no. no. It would have been all done by Stan Lee. Because, <laughs> because it said Stan Lee it presents. presents. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you believe it, right? Yes. And then you start bringing it. But my older brothers and I, we couldn't wait to go to my grandma's house once a month and walk down the street to Empire Comics. This is on mm. Stone. This is in Rochester, New York, and we would get our different comics. We all had our different areas that we wanted to pursue in collecting, and so my brother David loved GI Joe. My brother yes. Todd was all about Thor, and more of those characters. And uh, I was a Silver Surfer fan. Love it. And anything I could read for a girl fan, and it was hard, right? Mm-hmm. Because there weren't a lot of girl characters in the. And right? Silver Surfer spoke more to the emotion, not to, not to like stereotype. Girls are about emotion. <laughs> But I could, I absolutely can see that appealing because it, his was more about that inner angst and really that like I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't have a place in this world. What do I do? How do I struggle? How do I get out of this? Which I think is something that women, minorities, you know, people who had to overcome various social, kind of like Rebecca, like mm-hmm. the military things you mm-hmm. guys were talking about. That right. speaks to the Silver Surfer all day long. All day long, and I loved his character because I wanted his power to the power cosmic. Mm-hmm. I, that was the, my dream to have that because it was the power to well, you could kick butt whenever you needed to and heal, right? Yeah, so I thought yeah. that's the perfect twin power. So I could really kick my brother's butt, and then before mom gets home, heal them, <laughs> right? And, you know, and uh, hang ten. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I began to appreciate the the different through the comic book world the different ways of telling stories like we were talking about walter simonson oh yeah mind-blowing that series on thor the best right? the the best it, it it's life-changing when you read something like that yes and you become so excited about stories and the way the information is visually laid out and i as a as a young girl i was always a fan of john ramita senior mm-hmm. and then john ramita jr who i think are the most fabulous men and great Jr. role models awesome. he is and, it, and he's always by the way supporting our group Great. Um, sending art here and there for auctioning for That's great. Uh, events. So big shout out to them. I met the him Ramita when I was family. real young, uh, Junior. I don't believe I ever met his dad, uh, but I met Junior when I was a real young kid. And even as, as a young kid, I got this super friendly, like this guy's all right vibe. Like he yeah. gave me oh, a Punisher absolutely. sketch on a Punisher hat I had, oh, yeah. and for you know for no, it was just it was just like. We walked away going like, I like that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, he, he's got charisma. He's a salt yeah. of the earth, and he really passionately cares. So and his art's amazing. Oh, his art's dynamite. He and his father both developed this tremendous, very different, but very Mm -hmm. beautifully impacting star Mm -hmm. stories. And I, I, I I'm grateful to them. The most beautiful women in comics came from Johnny Senior's Jazzy Johnny's pen. Like the most beautiful women in comic books. Like that's it. Yeah. Good people. And then as you grow up, you appreciate Will Eisner and different kinds yeah. of, you know, Chris Claremont you are talking yeah, about. Oh, yeah. And Roy Thomas, who didn't have the Conans. Roy right? Thomas is great, man. He's he's like, I, I love the torch that he still carries, you know, like keeping keeping the World War II stuff alive yeah. and keeping like the, the vintage Golden Age stuff alive with Alter Ego. And he has been a friend for a long time. And he is a, um, he's not only carrying that, like you said, the torch forward and keeping all these different comic book history geeks like us informed, mm-hmm. but he's the one of the most accessible guys ever. Yeah. And uh, he and Dan welcomed me into their world and just taught me a lot about comics. I'm grateful to them. So the comic world really is a family. And now it's different because now it's become, it, you know, through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? And the Marvel mm-hmm. Television, it's become honestly a global family, right? We yeah. used to be just us at San Diego Comic Con or New York Convention or like you're saying, Chicago Convention. And 
there's and women weren't a huge part of that fan base mm-hmm. and that's i remember when stan lee saw me he was like a girl fan and gave mm, me something signed yeah. and that's how the magic started because then i wrote him a thank you and then they send you a thank you back and before I, you know I, it, I did not do any kind of i couldn't barely pen pal my buddy who moved to arizona <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the genuine regrets for me being a kid is that i didn't pen pal because he, i would read i would read the letter columns like, ex- oh, yeah. i would read them extensively yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't done reading the comic until i finished all the letter columns yeah right and I never, I wish I had done that. Yeah. I know that it would have, it would have, I know that it would have. They always responded. Yes. And it, it does, it does. And I have to say my prize? mom. Oh yeah. So you got I, a no prize? I, I, I got a nose. Oh no, no. I didn't oh, get a no prize. Oh. Sorry. I got notes back. Oh, Sorry. Okay. I misheard you. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Virginia Ramita, that's how I, yeah. you know, wonderful woman. Uh, but my mom deserve, also Virginia deserved full credit. Cause she would always have us kids write thank yous when we receive things. And that's so great. some of the guys would be like, we never, kids want things, but they never say thank you. Yeah. And I was, I just remembered that. That's so you know, that's, try to carry that through life. That's why I was trying to thank people who've helped me along the way. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, speaking yeah. about going global, VME is not just in LA though. We need to be clear here. Oh no, we no. you guys. We have, so we have, um, you know, it started with, um, a couple of vets meeting in, um, the basement of the American Legion, uh, six years ago, something mm-hmm. like that, and has grown to over, um, 3,400 veterans. Um, we have chapters in New York and DC, Atlanta, a majority of our members are here in LA because obviously this is where the industry is. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we have, we have a map actually on our website if you want to check it out, but like I'll, I'll look and I'm like, okay, who's in Dubai? <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a writer, uh, friend of ours who, um, is in Dubai, um, because her husband is actually in the military. So, um, so that's we, Jackie Perez. Yeah. Let's give her a shout out. Yeah, Jackie yeah, Perez. Jackie. She's what's, actually what's up, Dubai. Uh, she's <laughs> a uh, Navy officer, and she got out and pursued her writing film, and she got one of the Stephen King dollar babies. So, so the Stephen oh, King. Oh, where he lets you license, license something this, for a right? buck. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, she wow. qualified to get that, and she what? just finished a short that'll be coming out later this year. What's the story? Do you know? So uh, it's Beach World. Okay. So it's a short little form. Oh, that's but, so cool. And that's what and what's wonderful. And she also helped write grants for our group. What's wonderful is people like Rebecca and Jackie. And um, Tom McCaffrey, there's so many veterans that step up to help each other. And so what happened is that our group started six years ago in the basement of the Legion. Uh, and it was really just focused on monthly meetings where vets just get together in a networking way. And then we, after a couple of years of that, we said, let's reset, rebrand mm-hmm. to be veterans in media entertainment because we wanted to include comic books, gaming, all these other things, and formalize job and internship programs. So instead of just being a networking event, mm-hmm. let's help vets get the work. Great. You know? Yeah. So important. And it's uh, so important. I think last year we had, thanks to Barbara O'Tan, uh, West Pointer to two tours in Iraq. She volunteers and runs the internship program. We have 35 of our members got paid internships at HBO and development on yeah. studios, CBS, Lionsgate. That's great. Yep. All well, of we, those. It's funny. So the, the, when we were at the, uh, uh, the meet and greet that mm-hmm. you guys invited us to within the next few months, we were just hanging out watching TV and we saw multiple people and commercials. Right, were, yeah. That we had met or, or right. saw at the meeting. And we were like, hey, that's why does that person look familiar? <laughs> oh, they were, they were at the thing. They were at that. Right. They were this. And it wasn't necessarily like for vet stuff. It was for this or for that. Yeah, or for this. right. And, like, and that's it's so, it means you guys are doing And that's just in front of the camera. Right. Because the majority of the work is going to be behind the camera that's and right. post and stuff. Yeah. That's our casting yeah. project that's uh, run by uh, two Navy people. Yeah. Alan Petruszewski and Jennifer Marshall. Sorry, Navy, what's that? 
Yeah. So uh, you, you can edit this portion. Of it. <laughs> no, they're great people. But so we it's had a hundred of our. to the audience. <laughs> We're just trying to be nice. Yeah. Um, over a hundred of our members uh, got uh, landed different positions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there and on our different shows, them. whether it's um, SEAL Team, SEAL Hawaii Team, uh, Hawaii Five O. We have uh, uh, Tom McCaffrey, who's um, vice chair of our board. Uh, landed an awesome role in the Menendez Brothers, which I think is a NBC. It was an NBC show. Michael Broderick. Michael on Broderick on Power and currently. He's a Marine. Oh, wow. Great guy. Yeah, currently on a. Oh, he's man. doing so much. Yeah, he's, he's always busy. But what's great about some of these people, and John Huertas, who's an Air Force vet, he's a senior member of our group. Mm-hmm. And he was in, he's on the show called This Is Us yeah, on yeah. NBC. Yeah. And before that, he was in Castle as a regular. And oh, then he great. was in Generation Kill. So a lot of these more senior members, like TJ Brady, we mentioned earlier, that helped Rebecca um, get a shadow project on Shooter because he was a writer on it. He was also a writer on Narcos, that little show. Oh, no, yeah, that show's so great. All our senior members are trying to find the next generation that they can mentor. It's important. It's really about like I don't think you ever. Yeah, I don't think you ever give up service when you leave the military, and so I think it's just them passing on, um, uh, you know, helping mentor and and just trying to be of service to to other veterans. That's awesome. Well, listeners, if you guys want to find out more about VME, uh, you find them on Twitter at VME Connect, and what's the uh, website? Uh, VMEConnect.org. O-R-G. Right. Please check them out. I know a lot of my listeners are, uh, you guys are military yourselves. I know a lot of you are creatives. You know people that are creatives. You know people that have served. Um, and even if you don't, you just want to support them, uh, you guys probably do uh, events and things like that. Right. So we have events. We hold over 50 classes a year. Oh. And yeah. we're not trying to be it's film school. It's all on our website. Yeah. yeah. It's not a film school, but it's a networking group. That's exactly right. Yeah. Helping each other connect. Yeah. That's it's it's really great. So, so please, guys, check out VME. And while you're on the internet, make sure you check Joe on Joe out at Joe on Joe Pod. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send me an email to Joe on Joe Pod at gmail.com. Tell me, Joe, I've listened to every single episode of your podcast. What are you going to do next? The answer is uh, the answer is to keep me in your feed, guys, because this is while this is the last episode of the cartoon that we're doing, uh, we will continue to do the GI Joe, uh, Joe on Joe Illustrated episodes that are through our patreon go to patreon.com slash joe and joe pod see how you can be, help support the show and listen to all the exclusive il- illustrated episodes those are where we apply this kind of details of the comic books we go page by page panel by panel break it down art styles history of books things like that that's going to still continue every fifth episode to be released on this main feed so if you're listening to this you got this in your podcast catcher do not let go of the joe on joe show because we will be around it just may not be as frequently as weekly because uh, I've got a life, Karen. <laughs> I forbid that. Yeah, we love Rebecca, Joe on There's Joe. another Rebecca in my life that I need to devote time to. And yeah, and I, I'm very excited for this next chapter. So, so keep you guys, keep stay tuned to the Joe and Joe channel. Uh, details are always forthcoming. And um, let me think. When this, well, oh, oh, you know what? What Speaking along those lines, this releases the week before Long Beach Comic Expo. Right. Joe and Joe, just in time for my quote unquote final episode. Let's have a panel at a Comic-Con to promote the show that is then going off the air. <laughs> Where I'm doing a panel, guys. So if you're listening to this and you are in the, um, the L.A. area, you're going to head over to Long Beach Comic Expo. Come on out. We're talking about G.I. Joe fandom and all its shapes and forms, cosplaying, action figure collecting, comic book collecting, cartoon, uh, the movies, however you uh, approach G.I. Joe and however you're a fan of G.I. Joe, that's what we're going to be talking about and celebrating. So you guys come out. We're going to talk to the people in the crowd. We're going to have a few of my friends up on the dais. We're going to talk about G.I. Uh, Joe. 
It's going to be great from a fan's perspective. Thank you for everything you do to keep that culture alive on Joe and also to be so inclusive of us. Yeah. You know, not just your fans, but also your veteran fans like us. I love it. We appreciate it. I know your grandfather served as well. Yes. Yeah. My grandpa was in the the Army in World War II uh, in South America. He was a a mechanic. Nice. So great. And, And that's where, in our connection, our vets groups want to support you too mm-hmm. and we also feel really proud of what you're doing because i actually when we're done with this i can't wait to ask you some other stuff oh my god that's, right. a, that's a tease but not <laughs> for you right. listener <laughs> uh and so before we talk more joe let's listen to our sponsor the dreamer comics podcast joe and joe listeners know that i love comic books gi joe pop culture and my wife and dogs are pretty great too i also love learning how people get to where they're at and where they're going All of that comes together over at the Dreamer Comics Podcast, except for my family stuff. That'd be really weird. Omar Spahi interviews someone from the comic industry every episode, and they break down the journey that creator took to get from reading comics to creating them. Comic luminaries like Jim Valentino, Ross Ritchie, Kyle Higgins, and so many more can be found at dreamercomicspodcast.com or find them anywhere you get your podcasts. Everyone has a dream. Learn how to make yours a reality. And so with all this comic talk, guys, you need to be listening to Dreamer Comics Podcast because Omar will break it down and he's got all the industry connections and absolutely going to give you insight how you can break into the industry. So give that a listen. So real quick, because we've we've I, I we have I love this conversation. I could talk for another half hour, but real quick before we start this episode, which is called, ladies and gentlemen, the legend of Metalhead. That's right, two weeks in a row. I'm a little upset with my listeners because you guys did not tell me that the final two were clip shows. Last week, I was I was disappointed that we had a clip show, but I thought, they can't do two clip shows in a row. And then I sat down. Yes, they can. And yes, they can. <laughs> they, the Legend of Metalhead is another <laughs> clip show. Although I will say this, though, it is a more coherent clip show than basic training. It is still a clip show. So um, so we're going we're gonna to talk more with you guys over the episode because there's not much of a narrative to follow along in the episode, mm. although we will do our best. Um, but what is your connection to GI Joe specifically? Karen, what's your, what's your, what was your exposure to GI Joe? Any at all? So my brother's favorite thing was playing with GI Joe, mm-hmm. the little action figures. Yeah. And we had like endless battles in the backyard. And so, and I grew up with all this. So that's my GI Joe connection. I would also say on a project that Rebecca and I did uh, called War Inc., with two other gentlemen, Talk about that. they this was combat veterans telling their stories through their tattoos. We were interviewing them and photographing them, and you every time we would ask someone, I would one say of these, about half half of the people said that they joined the military because of GI Joe. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I can't. We're, we're going to talk about more yeah, during so the episode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. GI Joe and Captain America. Oh, right? Cap- was, yeah, Cap- it influenced them. Yeah, you know, yep. it really did. And Rebecca, what about you? Um, same thing. I think when you grow up, um, in a certain generation that, you know, the cartoons you watched were, um, GI Joe, that's like old school Mm -hmm. dating myself a little bit. Um, but you know, I don't, um, I'm interested to see this because I, I have not uh, seen one of these episodes. So I'm really excited about it. And well, you're one of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched this already. It's, oh boy. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. But you know, I, I've had a lot of soldiers in the military and I would say probably about half of them were inspired by GI Joe to join. So oh, I love it. It's either that or that. Rambo. Well, yeah. <laughs> You drew first blood. (laughs) Nothing is over. (laughs) Nothing. That's that's my final word to say on on, uh, Joe and Joe. Even though this is quote unquote the final episode. Nothing is over. (laughs) Nothing. Especially in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, all right, listeners, get your DVDs ready. It's season two, disc three of the DIC episodes. The Legend of Metalhead. 
Karen Kraft, Rebecca Murga. I really love having you guys on. I can't wait to watch this episode with you. Are you guys ready to go? We're ready. Let's All do right, it. listeners. And here we go. So you're saying your, your brother yeah, would, would be Metalhead? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so the show starts with, uh, here's this. It's reused, oh, wow. repurposed footage. Oh, my God. Look at that. Right. This is old school. Yeah, repurposed footage. This is not old school. And Metalhead, who is my least favorite Cobra of all time because he is obnoxious. and That's him. Uh, and it's him narrating this thing. And these are all clips from a previous adventure that they had where the Cobra was using the Sonics from this rock and roll band that Metalhead had to do Sonic weapons, right? Yeah. Um, so that's just – this is entirely repurposed footage. And – I, I don't, you know. I'm just laughing because talk about memory lane, wow. right? Talk about flashbacks. Talk about, talk about firing a missile at your leader. <laughs> okay? That's what we're talking about. So that's about yeah. his. He was the Cobra missile. Um, this generation is like missile guy. Previously, Scrap Iron would have been one of their missile guys. Um, and his deal was he shot a missile when he, uh, to shoot it, he had a vocal uh, a vocal trigger mechanism. So he would yell, bang, in order to fire it. <laughs> So what does that translate to? On the show, you just get him going, bang, bang, <laughs> all the time. And I, it's infuriating. This guy looks right. like my, my dad when he's listening to loud music right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. No, 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 yeah. Say that again. Oh, I, he just looks like my father when he's listening to loud music. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I've just woken up on a Saturday morning, and around this time, my mom would come in cleaning. Telling us the question. Yeah, so was this, now <laughs> yeah. there's two generations. There's the Sunbow stuff, which is I think what people traditionally consider the G.I. Joe stuff. Yeah. Like that's that was mid eighties. Then this is the DIC era, which is the very early nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does any of this look familiar to you? It some of it does because well, actually I should say I only caught little pieces of this, right? Yeah. Just because sure. it's natural. I think it was Dungeons and Dragons mm, that show well at the that, same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a great show. I was right. And I was always looking for it. It was a half hour and then mm-hmm. this would be around that same time. So yes. And anything G.I. Joe, obviously And of course look at. the weaponry and vehicles are a hundred percent accurate to what you guys used in the army, right? A hundred percent. I mean, exa- 100%. actually that's exactly what the Humvees look like right now. And <laughs> yeah. I think See, I actually have that. That was an issue. That was an issue like weapon yeah. to me. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I love to go around on reserve drill bang. Yeah. And then off we go. The Legend of Battle had written by Phil Harnage. So I'm assuming no this is no I don't mean shade on you, Phil, but I'm assuming that's just the voiceovers. It's got to just be the voiceover that Phil wrote here because everything else. But I want. But here's the question though, and this will be one if we uh, if oh, we end up getting, airborne guy, airborne. If we end up getting a chance to talk to Chuck Patton at Long Beach this weekend. Is on on a clip show like this, did Phil have uh, influence on what clips were used? You know what I mean? Like, so oh, was he part yeah. of the editing process, or right. did they say, "Hey, we're going to do this, this, and this," and then here you go write. Right. The, 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 I wonder the if he dialogue. did the Marvel bullpen process, right? Where he wrote out some just general beats, mm-hmm. right? With the editor. Mm-hmm. The editor grabbed this and then you go yeah. back through. Yeah. Right? Does he well, sing if he did it they did the DC method at the time, they would have just said, put a gorilla on the cover and it'll sell 10 more copies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does yeah. he sing the whole time? Or he, is this... I mean, he's he was singing. Th- this episode had him singing in a band. And that music, the rock music that generated, was causing all this devastation, right? So, the the, the more famous music oh, wow. from a... GI Joe was uh, Cobra's uh, yes. gang called the Dreadnoughts. Yes. yes, they had a band called Cold Slither. Yeah, 
It's a and better, better name, by the way. I and like I'm, that name. I'm, I'm actually being legit here. It's an, it's an awesome hooky, catchy yeah. song. Yeah. Cold slither, they'll oh, be coming for you. A band of vipers, like it, it was great. And yeah. their episode, like, their thing was, it was like hypnotic suggestions with the crowd. Um, really, really well done music. So this stuff is from an episode where... It's like C-3PO there. Yeah, yeah that, well, he's a robot. That guy's right. broken. Yeah, that it was a robot. Not. That's the C-3PO scene. This, they're just, like, we need another guy. Exactly. <laughs> and, and he gets rebuilt into a thing called the Eliminator. So it's like the Terminator gets an upgrade. The Eliminator. <laughs> the Eliminator, give me a break. You're the same old Overkill. Over, exactly. Yeah. And so then he felt like he wasn't measuring up to what Overkill did. And so then it was a competition between Overkill, who uh. who is a robot... Um, and Metalhead, who is a moron. He shouldn't have wow. stood underneath all those icicles. Yeah, no, that, was, that was a up. bad idea. Bad. you got to be a better villain well, than that. Well, honestly, I blame the structural engineers of Cobra. Like, <laughs> you're setting up this inside an ice base, and you're leaving all these easily crushable structures? <laughs> There's a lot going on here, guys. I have a question here. Yeah. The animation here, doesn't it feel like He-Man and Skeletor going at work? Well, this, that, is that what we're, it's not as of? it's not very fluid. It, right. It's definitely it's a different company, but you're not wrong there. There yeah. is a lot of the similar techniques used uh, for budgetary purposes. So Filmation mm-hmm. was He-Man and that was Lou Scheimer's company. And they right. were based out of California and they worked very hard to keep the money here yep. and not ship it overseas. Good for them. So, yeah. So to Let's do that, though, you get this kind of animation, which mm-hmm. is more. Uh, it's not as, not as many motions per frame, you know, like, right. and, and not as many things happening. There's not as many frames per second. So it's, things are a little slower and chunkier in movement, a lot of repeated backgrounds. Um, the Sunbow stuff, they had a big budget, and it was animated overseas. Oh, this is some a, of the more anime, like like Japanese style. Right. So it looked a little more polished in that regard. This is a military show because they have the weights ready. So, so yeah, they're, already in, the be, they're already in look the gym. They're already in the gym. And they're getting food. Well, uh, so look at this. Chow hall. Okay, so what's uh, what's the military like gym res- regimen like? Is it like gym every day, or is that is that a major part of the is like being well, an athlete? Well, it's physical, it, fitness. it's physical fitness. So like you go if you go on mission, you come back, you you lift some dumbbells, you. You drink some juice like that guy? Well, actually, Rebecca, you were attached to Navy SEALs in Afghanistan, yeah, right? Yeah, actually. Talk the, about that right here. Cause... I tell you what, they um, uh, it's just a part of your life because you you don't have time to, like, as we know it, you know, get dressed up in your gym clothes and go out. So you come back from mission and you just, like, lift weights or you do squats or, um, you know, that it actually looks just like that because it's usually just a, a, a barbell and, um, you know, I've seen some of the most terrible gyms in in yeah. afghanistan <laughs> yeah we got a treadmill working here they're skateboarding so they're trying and to be super cool does the does the army or you know or now, look at this branch, look, right here we do go do they give you guys specific workouts to do like to stay in safe like we had when we played i played high school football yeah. and when we did they said here's a here's a running <laughs> regimen that you follow this and do this every day and no, or, or where think, they leave it to your own, own yeah devices. i think when you're back here in the states like there's pt in the mornings so you get up at five and, yeah. and there's like a a, a regimented pt but when you're like in the middle of um middle of a war specifically if you're living out in a village there's no it's it's on you as a as a person as a leader yeah um to stay in shape and to be honest with you that you're <laughs> you're more motivated because you obviously want to be physically fit in case something breaks out and yeah uh, you know, when, when you look at, uh, films like Black Hawk Down, where these guys had to run, um, you know, the last like five or six miles just after having this, you know, this almost 52 hour battle or mm-hmm. how many hours, 18, 18, 18 hour hours, battle, yeah. uh, to be, to have to run, um, all the way back is, you know, you have to be physically fit. So. I, I've, I've played, I played paintball 
had too, <laughs> and had too much adrenaline surging where I've tripped. <laughs> I've literally tripped over my own feet because I was running for paintball. I cannot imagine yeah. doing that in real time in real life, like in a, in a very non-pandering real way. It's funny you mentioned Black Hawk Down because one of the projects that you ladies are working on is a project that uh, is called 765. Right. Tell me about that. So well, that- well, actually, when we come back from this commercial. Okay. Sure. Today's file card feature is on the Alien Destroyer, codenamed Carcass. His birthplace is Quadrant 4 and the planet Mertonia. And his primary military specialty is a mercenary hunter. His secondary military specialty is both planetary and alien destruction. Leaving nothing but broken bones and smashed dwellings in his wake, Carcass is a born menace to the universe. He has stomped through alien towns, destroying all that he can, and making prisoners of its fearful inhabitants. He's also gone so far as to mistakenly attack a Star Brigade outpost, narrowly escaping capture by ducking into an asteroid belt. His mutated body, which may account for his overly hostile attitude, is considered ugly even to other lunatics aliens more hideous than he. I had to do it, guys. I said, let's jump to the end of the line and see what crazy character have I not covered? What's the most oddball thing? And there's no one else but Carcass. Carcass looks like, actually looks like the alien hunter from the movie, The Last Starfighter. And I would not be surprised if he was somewhat modeled on that because also in the Star Brigade is the Predacon guy, which is kind of based off the Predator, uh, who's also into arm wrestling. It's the Death Knell. I mean, this is the shark that G.I. Joe jumps over. I don't necessarily hate him as a concept, but this is really a stretch for a G.I. Joe character. And even the production value of it, it doesn't look like there's like one paint application from what I can see on the white teeth and the rest is just the molded orange plastic. Yeah, this dude's a weird, this guy's weird. I know there's gotta be fans of Carcass out there. It's gotta be fans of the whole Star Brigade, which you know, maybe in a future iteration of the show, we'll, we'll dig more into it. I just, I needed to jump to this and just to say, Carcass of the Lunartics Empire, we salute you. So 765, tell us about that. A 765 is uh, written by Steve Newman, who is a Special Forces Green Beret. He got out in, after 25 years, close to 23, 25 years of service, and pursued writing as a passion. He joined our group, VME. And we have what we call Pitch Fest once a year with Lions Gates Grindstone Group. And he was selected to come pitch this idea, and then we started collaborating the last three years. It's based on a true story of a battle of special forces in 2006 Afghanistan. And the, the story is how they survived a ambush, not just for, say, 13 hours like in Benghazi mm-hmm. or a day in Black Hawk Down. Those are pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean, all of them yeah. extraordinary. There's no comparison to the battle size, but just the length. Uh, seven, six, five guys are out there for a little over 50 hours. Wow. For a lot of reasons. Whoa. Uh, n- none of them good. But so it's a true story of how they figured out to how they could survive. Um, and it's very powerful. And it's been a wonderful journey to get to know the, those, those soldiers that were involved in that. And one of the widows, Tara, a friend of ours, mm-hmm. um, giving their insight. And Tara was actually, um, she was deployed at the same time in Afghanistan as her husband, who was in this group. Wow. And, I, um, the mil- yeah. Is that... I thought there were rules around that. Like, about, about, is it only if you have kids? Or? Different units. Okay. Yeah, so he's a Green Beret, and then she was in military intel. 
And, uh, but and you're correct. Um, if you had children, you have to have like a plan of who's going to watch the children. Um, but they, they had just, they were yeah, fresh married. Because our friend uh, who's married. been a guest on the show, our friend Paul Vieira, he yeah. and his wife are both uh, active military and they oh, and they great. switch off and on. You know, so right. he just came back home for a few months and she's now deployed for three I'm telling you, I don't like know that. how these families keep doing it. Whew, man, wow, it's, it is. It's a hustle, but then you hear him talk about how rewarding it is and just, you know, like then they, they get the dedicated time with the kids and it's just, yeah. So proud of those people. Yeah. I mean, they really are making sacrifices. So that's so, the feature film. So it's to tell that particular story. Yeah. Yeah. And and how they worked with their Afghan partners and a lot of people figuring out how to come and do the rescue. That's wild. So yeah. what stage of the, uh, is that project at right we're now? We're doing the rewrite right now and we're hoping to be in production at the end of the year. It's great. So, very excited. Thank very you. Excited. Yeah, very excited. Really I'm, I'm, okay, listen, I'm happy to play one of the soldiers. Right. Just let's saying. get you in there. Just let's saying. get you in I'm there. Happy. Right. Happy to play yeah. one of the soldiers. I'm just fine. I'm, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll join SAG. It'll happen. Yeah, it'll you know? definitely. Yeah. And, but that's not the only we'll project you the that gym. you guys have in the work because you, uh, wait, you're saying I got to go to the gym? What do you <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Oh. What you should say is, hey, and. I just lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> and you're looking great. No. You're on your way. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, you guys are working on some other things. You've got a project. We talked earlier about what? Warink. We're going to wrap up with that. But, uh, something called Captive, Rebecca, you're working on? Something called Captive? Yeah, so um, Captive is uh, a sh- basically a short film and a proof of concept for a feature film uh, that's about, you know, I got really involved uh, in women's rights and in uh, human rights when I was working in Iraq and Afghanistan, looking at what was happening to a lot of the women under the Taliban. And got even more so involved when I was coming back here. And, you know, my father's an immigrant looking at, um, at what happens to uh, women in particular in South America. And so the the film is about um, child trafficking, but really it's about the heroes that um, help to get some of these uh, young women and children back home. So mm-hmm. it's about the true story of uh, a couple of special operators who basically find uh, women and, and return them home. But... Uh, things happen along the way. So it's, you know, really excited. Uh, it's sort of like Sicario uh, meets Taken, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and we were working on it. We have a lot of veterans on set. So in different positions, whether they're producing or um, the, the writers actually uh, uh, active uh, military. Uh, excuse me. She was active uh, army for a long time and currently working uh, with the DOD. And, um, yeah, super excited about it and, uh, you know, getting, getting veterans on set in front of, um, in front of the camera and behind the camera as well. And, and when you do that and you tell these stories like, like 765 and, and Captive and uh, War Inc. that we're going to talk about, you're, by, by enlisting veterans and people at all levels of the production, you're, you're adding a quality of realism to it. You're, you're, you're adding in these unspoken fact checks to every step of the operation. So there's always a set of eyes on it to give it authenticity to say uh, th- that wouldn't happen or that, you know, e- e- it's not just one person doing it. It's, it's a whole cadre, a team of people that are adding realism and, and authenticity. I think that's really important in stories like this. That's correct. And that's it's actually a chance for you to work with other veterans who have done incredible, incredible missions in service to country. And finding out that all of them, many of them yearn to continue to serve in some capacity, mm-hmm. even as civilians, when you say, and to hear that they take up causes that both put them in the line of danger, but have such meaningful return. So uh, by saving these women and children, it's uh, it's very powerful. And yes, it's uh, 
authentic. But I'll have to say this. The one thing we learn about the military is no two soldiers' experiences are the same. Mm. So we have a baseline of experience, training, basic training, certain kind of education. But so many of our members are deployed to over 80 places around the world. Mm -hmm. They're all experiencing very different ways that training applies and then the real-world mission. So they come back. And it's, it's interesting to see some... It's like a story, you know, it has act one, two, and three, but the way it's approached by everyone's different experiences and pulling them together and combining that. So it's definitely from a real world place and it's authentic, but it's also interesting to see veterans educating each other on their very different experiences mm, yeah. and creating stuff. And the other line humor is that I would say the most times that Rebecca and I've been interviewing a lot of these people for, for the film is that uh, the military humor, that is universal. It doesn't matter. Actually, it doesn't matter what branch or what country you're from. Military humor seems to be like universal. Like as soon as you raise the right hand and you swear and like, here's your humor book, you, know what <laughs> I mean? like, you will tease each other, make fun of each other, yeah. you know, and that's your way of expressing care and concern and love. Right? Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Well, that's, so, that's, that's the camaraderie that you're talking about. It is. You know? And it's, it's part of also handling very, very heavy subjects. Or yeah. um, I, I did not have the experiences Rebecca did in the military and she saw some very terrible things over in Iraq and Afghanistan. Having said that, I've been a documentary filmmaker, travel the world, and I saw equally terrible things that people are doing to each other on a daily basis mm -hmm. in different countries. And so the humor is a way of coping with those kinds of things. Yeah. It's totally is. Yeah, it's gallows humor. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's important. It, it's why um, first filmmaker that jumps to my mind like this, that a, a Tarantino film will deal with important uh, dark stuff mm -hmm. and then yeah. punch it. Mm -hmm. with humor love it and that's yeah. that's that's exactly that's it. the power of it because yeah. you have these real things and then you got to let the got to deflate it let the mm -hmm. air out of that moment with right whatever punchline you got mm -hmm. exactly very important very yeah. important and that's life right yeah that's right life. yeah but i think which is, military which is also this episode which is a serious uh <laughs> look into the life of a military person punctuated by a high school reunion we'll be right back hey listeners if you're anything like me all apologies to your family i ah, just kidding it's likely that they made you this way no I'm talking about that I'm always looking for more G.I. Joe content, and I think I've found it. Stop what you're doing. Okay, don't stop listening to this podcast. Can't you multitask? And go to Facebook slash Special Mission Force. Brian Wilkins is curating all kinds of wonderful, nostalgic G.I. Joe content, including new pics from his fantastic Instagram page, at Special Mission Force. On his Instagram, he's taking photos of Joe's out in the wild, in the real world, doing stuff. For me, the two things that stand out the most are his variety of characters that he takes pictures of and like the depth of field in these pictures. It's just a wonderful job of directing focus for you. I think you really will enjoy his work. So like him on Facebook, follow him on Instagram and Twitter, and get ready for his website, specialmissionforce.com. He's a name to watch in the GHO game, so get on board now. Now back to the show. I mean, the seriousness of a global fight against international terrorists like Cobra needs to be punctuated by a high school reunion that you attend with your grandma from eastern Ukraine. I love it. I, I just honestly want to sit and watch it, though. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, right. It's well, like, listen, like, oh, I never me. want to see this episode again, so you can have my DVD. <laughs> All right. I, just, I want that hydroplane. Yeah. yeah. This is pretty well, cool they, stuff. Well, so what's great about this era is... Uh, they really featured the toys to a, just a huge extent on, the, mm -hmm. on this iteration so this of the 90s? cartoon. This, this is, is 90s yeah, 90s, like 91 or 92. My books are away yeah. from me right now. 
But these, like those little helicopters, like that thing they were flying. Yeah, I can that imagine. is that is the toy. That yeah. is one hundred percent the toy that, that you could have. Like, so yeah. he feels like a Boba Fett knockoff in that, right? A little bit, you know? yeah, yeah, a yeah, a little bit. Little bit. Uh, I, love I mean, it, it. You can go back to even Destro, who's one of the first villains. Who I think Destro was like eighty four, I believe, mm-hmm. was his first one. He had wrist rockets too, which was a little right. bit from Boba Fett. Um, but he has a jetpack like a propeller because he can fly, right? Uh, Didn't he, I just see that? I, he. I don't think he normally doesn't have a jetpack. I, I, I looked away for a sec. I'm not sure if he's uh, flying, but you know, I love the Cobra having no, the those giant are, those screens. are more missiles. No, no, it's the other guy. Oh, the, the other guy. guy. Yeah. That's like a, it's like yeah. a helicopter, like a personal helicopter yeah, machine. Right. But if you picture that same size thing as a toy, yeah. that was perfect. Cause it fit right in your hand. Yeah. It had the whirly blades and I believe yeah. it, it, it spun fast enough to like give it a little bit of a lift before yeah. it fell. Oh, look at this kind of helmet. That's Captain mask. Gridiron. Oh, he looks. He looks a like an NCO I used to have. He's a football player. He looks like an NCO I used to have. And it's all football puns. Wow. So he's like, "Come on, we gotta kick these cobras through the goalpost. Don't be Look. punching like the Chicago Bears. Yeah, right. we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get that first down and stop Cobra. Like it's, Got it's it. all football. I wonder puns. who he likes. I wonder who his team. Probably his Buffalo team Bills. Probably That's Bills the greatest fan, team. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Except <laughs> the fridge was a GI Joe. We're gonna reiterate. No. So you know, oh, the fridge, the fridge was, was a GI member of GI Joe. You know who else? Uh, fact for you, ladies. Rocky, the really? boxer. Was going to be a member of GI Joe. Get out. It was printed in an episode, in an issue of uh, the Marvel Comics um, Battle or Order of Battle comic yeah. book, which was just profiles of all the heroes. And they thought they they had the contract all signed, and they sent it to press, and it's it's printed. It's Rocky Balboa, and it's the GI Joe wow. boxing trainer. But then Rocky's people were like, "Nah, we're good." Oh, they, they, for whatever reason, the deal fell that through. Been great. Yeah, the deal fell through for whatever reason. So. He is in this comic book, but then that's it. He they never made a wow. figure of him. They never they and they even made a cobra. They started working on a cobra boxing counterpart to him called Big Boa, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, Big oh, Boa. Right, right, right. And and he's he's a boxing glove, and he comes with a like a boxing uh, speed bag and things. But that he was supposed to be Rocky's counterpart. And then they never did Rocky, so you just have a random Cobra boxing instructor. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has—he's wearing his beret. Look at him. It's yeah, that's, that's, Lieutenant perfectly, Fal- that's Lieutenant Falcon. Yeah, perfectly Lieutenant Falcon. groomed beret. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, the and other it thing, never leaves his head. Well, the yeah. other thing too with GI Joe is that whatever, like Lieutenant, <laughs> Colonel, Captain, First Sergeant. Oh, this must be Air Force. We're looking at other tennis courts. All those, all those designations usually have no bearing on who reports to. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because like they call him like Captain Gridiron, but he's not really he's not like running things. Right. He's still just a soldier, right? Uh everyone's like General Hawk is definitely the general, but then there's some notable yeah. mistakes. Oh, look at the flat top. Look at the flat top. That's great. Yeah. That kid got a good haircut. <laughs> yeah. I like the bullseye-ish. Yeah, so he's it's it's he looks like Deadshot. He does. Mm-hmm. Good call. So now he's going to blow up a cafeteria truck in front of these children. Well, Terminator sh- 2 got stole basically ideas from mm-hmm. this. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious uh, how he replenishes those missiles because he's throwing well, them off. Well, they're never the- ending, Karen. Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. Legolas is quiver. Karen. <laughs> oh, right, right. Quiver never goes empty. What is it? Yeah. If, it's heart, if his heart is pure, his quiver never goes empty or something like that? Oh, or, my God. There's some rule like that. And Yeah, um, yeah this was when Cobra started a daycare. Oh, That's right. what this episode is from, and it's just best left forgotten. But let's talk. <laughs> well, let's talk, I think we should let, not well, let's talk about that. your documentary. We've teased it a little bit. It's called War Inc., and it's uh, you, as you said earlier, it's about soldiers telling their story through the tattoos that they have. 
Yeah, it's a super, um, we're excited about it, a super dope project that uh, we got involved in a few years ago. And basically, at that time, it was a small grant given um, uh, by some California organizations where we uh, interviewed about 24 veterans, all from different experiences, um, medics and, um, uh, you know, Navy, Army, uh, all different branches, and uh, took photographs of their tattoos because, you know, tattoos really are its own kind of subculture people who who get tattoos and it's it's also a way of storytelling right when we go uh-huh. back to like what's the image and what's that image conveying on like uh your forearm or your back and yeah you have a lot of people who have gotten memorial tattoos with um soldiers who have died and um you know getting those names or or um a, a piece of their like a uh, one of the guys up there noah who lost both of his legs um when a humvee uh, was he was blown up and Humvee mm-hmm. rolled over on his legs, got um, uh, his Converse uh, sneakers tattooed onto mm-hmm. his chest because he loved wearing Converse and mm-hmm. he had little wings as his legs were going up to, to heaven. So wow. Um, so yeah, it was really powerful. Um, we met some amazing people, got some amazing friends up there, and uh, right now we're working on um, we, we created a digital series on it and we're going to be doing actually the LA version um, this year. Uh, so getting a bunch of Los Angeles veterans uh, to do the same thing and then creating a, a series and documentary out of that. So that's 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 I'm really excited to see the results of that. That sounds like it would just be a fascinating and heartbreaking yeah, story. It's, it's a lot of emotion. In those yeah, products, you don't so. you typically you know, it's like you don't get ink like I got a I got a great tax return. <laughs> let's ink let, it up let, let me ink it you know like it's yeah so i i can only imagine that's going to be an emotional journey to yeah. what people decide to put on like so from memorial to tattoos to totems uh-huh. or before people go to battle after they come back do you have any remember? tattoos on you i do not do you have any tattoos you know, that's the funniest thing is uh, we get asked all the time um because we we produce the project yeah. and the answer is no and it's not that i'm not open to tattoos is that i never could decide on what i want yeah no <laughs> I, I, I hear you well jason and chris who started the project in oakland did and they and through another veteran in our group veterans of media entertainment introduced us to this and we created this project jointly to encompass mm-hmm. this docu-series that lives on the digital landscape and so what we're trying to do is um, capture the just this rich variety of tattoos, the coloring. It's it's amazing. It's gotta be the, cool, yeah. the, and in, in the personal inspiration. I mean, it's such a personal decision, right? Yeah. I'm gonna wear this the rest of my life. Here I have go. I have one. I'm gonna test your comic knowledge. All right, do it. Do you know what this is? Oh, oh my I don't. It looks something very Marvel-like. <laughs> no, yeah, my friends at what Legion of M would. Ultra Boy. From Legion of Superheroes. Oh. Wow. That Legion. It is Legion. It's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah. So why? Why Um, would you decide on that one? I love the Legion. And um, uh, I love the the five-year gap was a a really important series for me that opened my eyes to storytelling Mm -hmm. possibilities with Keith Giffen and the way that he told the stories. And this was how they interpreted. Uh, they took a, they took the traditional costumes and they got rid of them, and they all wore kind of everyday outfits. And Ultra Boy's logo, which was this, um, it be, it went from being on his chest to being a tattoo here. And I just always thought that was just a great way of him going. Um, I'm taking what I was when I was a kid because the five years later, they all became adults and they were no longer teenagers and they had a different like more um, re- like more darker adventures. So it was like him saying, I'm, I'm going to take what I was when I was a teen 
I'm going to carry it with me. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's always going to be with me. I'm always going to be Ultra Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Ultra Boy, he's a great character. He's, he's like the Han Solo of the mm, Legion, yeah. kind of like that. Um, yeah, so it always appealed to me. So, uh, and I, and, uh, yeah, when we were teenagers, we got it like temporarily done, at, like on spring break. I was like, yeah, it looks good. And it. then, and I didn't get it until uh, I was 30. Wow. And my buddy, yeah, my buddy was moving out of town, Matt, uh, guest of, and Matt, who, uh, drummer on our theme song. Uh, he went and he was moving out of Chicago for a bit. So he went and got a Chicago tattoo on his forearm and I'm like, I'll go with you. Yeah. And we knocked nice. out, we knocked out ultra boy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the only ink I have. I, I've debated it. Have you, uh, getting a tattoo? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've gone, I mean, I've gone into the parlor with my sister and we just can't decide on what yeah. we want. <laughs> Rebecca toilet teal. She has, um, when her mom passed, she has her mom's signature on her mm. forearm. Now mm. it says from, she got it from a, a, a greeting, a greeting card, like a birthday card. She had it from her. So it says like love always, and then you know her mom's mm. signature. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and it's, she so just beautiful. carries it with her. They are, yeah, yeah and they're it's so really personal. Nice. Exactly. Yeah, I love the art form. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I was thinking about getting Excelsior. <laughs> oh yeah, and that came back last week because I love that man. Yeah, don't we all? Don't we he all? Was, Who doesn't? If you don't love Stan Lee, I don't know what's and wrong. And we with love you, Joe. Oh Joe. my gosh! In fact, we have a little something to give you little, here. What? Little something. gift. It's a little time. So Karen's taking out um, a coin, and if you know, is this a challenge uh, coin? Yeah, it is a it, challenge coin. If you what? Yeah. VME has its own challenge coin on the front. It has uh, the logo uh, in black, and on the back, it has all the seals. Um, from all the different branches and says uh, veterans in media entertainment. So we just want to say thank you. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I'm, 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 I'm choked, choking Aww. up. This is lovely. You deserve it. You this deserve is so it. wonderful. I love I'm this. Taking it. Yeah. So now there are rules, right? I have, do I have to carry this with me? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> supposed you to, but the, the origination of the challenge coin was, um, it signified like what unit you were a part of. And so, um, you know, it's grown to if you're in a bar uh, at, a, at a unit, you can challenge each other. And usually who has the highest coin um, uh, wins and, and uh, everyone should buy him a drink. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but for now, you can kind of just keep that on, on one of your many. Um, this is this is fantastic. Thank awesome. you. This means so much to me. Thank well, you so being much. Being here means so much to us. And what you do to carry on the culture that shaped and formed us all to make decisions. You know, one of the things that I feel about comic books and even G.I. Joe, there was good versus evil. And mm-hmm. sometimes it, I understand that it can be a little too diametric and we, we like the punishers, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. But there is there is truly good and truly there is some bad stuff out there. And we appreciate that you carry on the culture that helps instill the values of making the tough decision, the right decision. Wow. And I really appreciate that. And if anyone else has the opportunity to see his studio, it's mad crazy with it's crazy. Star, Wars. Star Wars. I'm looking at Walter Simonson's Thor. You got Indiana Jones. Hundreds of books. You got, you got I may never leave. <laughs> yeah, there's the Green Lantern. It's insane. You got a record right. player, man. And, and we'll do a virtual And two dogs. Tour. Two dogs. It comes with yeah. dogs. The studio comes with dogs. This well, is actually beautiful. That's so. This means uh, this is crazy. This is great. I love this. This is absolutely great. Well, we love awesome. you too. Thank oh my you gosh! For being great well, at your job and a great neighbor and friend. I uh, love it. And one final thing we have to do on this show, I ask all my guests if you could be a member of Joe or Cobra, which would you be, and what would your specialty be, and then we'll come up with a name for you. Okay. So Rebecca, we're going to start with you. All right. If you, would you want to be on the Joe or Cobra Joe. team? And it, there's no shame in being on Cobra, by no, the way. No, Joe. Okay. Got to be on Joe. Got to be on Joe. 
do I have to just make something up? Well, or? what well what do you want to do? Usually that that leads us to the best route. So you're going so to be on Joe. I think because I was a photographer in the military, I'd want to be like the camera person that okay. like shoots all the stuff. So when they go back from mission, I'm like Joe, maybe you should do it better this time. Okay, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so I want to be like the combat photographer. Okay, you're the combat so, photographer. Yeah, that's so, perfect. So what would that? Okay, good. Yeah, I'm part of the team. You're the combat photographer. Yeah. I feel like I, I got it. Your, your your name is Lens Cap. Boom. Done. Boom. Boom. Lens Cap, welcome to the Joe and Joe team. Yes. <laughs> Lens Cap is here. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, what about you? Wow, that's a tough one because I always got so annoyed with Cobra and thought this mm-hmm. guy, I'm serious, this guy is so bad. Any woman, any this little girl can run it. <laughs> but uh, G.I. Joe all the You're way. You're going to be G.I. Joe, I, I love it. To, it's red, white, and blue through the veins. Got you know? to, got to. Uh, so my job in, actually, this true story about Stanley when we were talking about powers, he said your your power should be people. You like people, and I was like, I do love people, and I love championing it, and I think that shaped me a lot. But in the military, my my job was adjutant general in a combat engineer unit, and that's just gathering information, making sure everybody communicates well, mm-hmm. and then doing you know just keeping the team together mm-hmm. and morale. And I love doing that. I really I loved enjoying doing that. And I felt like G.I. Joe team, sometimes they should just talk to each other. <laughs> Cobra, Cobra, can we sit down so and just, just get to happy hour? So would we say that you'd be a morale sergeant? Uh, yeah. I, I think or, or is, that, is that the right, is that the right think, level? Or would Captain Sergeant, like, what, what do you think, well, what would, you think you would know, be appropriate? I don't yeah, know. No, general's a good title. General. <laughs> you, can be, you can be a general. You can be, you can be a, morale, a general of morale. Yeah, right, yeah. Morale general? Right, there you go. So yes, Morel yes, General. Absolutely. Okay, and I, I got like, your name for you, by the way. Your uh, name's, oh, your name's already locked like, in. Uh, unless you have a Team America, you know, let's come back for cocktails and a debrief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that person that's like, let's yeah. do that. So okay, so you're the Morel General. That's your that's your uh, that's your uh, that's your rank and that's your your position. Do you have a do you, I, I, I have I want to hear your name. Answer. I want to hear right, your let's name. Let's hear it. Your name is Excelsior. Oh, oh! I love it. Yes, that is yeah. perfect. Thank yeah. you. What your, an honor. Your name is Excelsior. And you're the morale general I love for it. the G.I. Joe team. I love it. Right here. What an Give honor. It Give that it up. Is Done. Right Give there. it up to Lens Cap and Excelsior. This is yeah. Yeah, yeah Shirley. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both so much. I can't say it enough. This was awesome. This was the right way to send this show out with a bang. Boom. And, and I love, I love having two people who are on here who, who are doing it legit and, and keeping it alive and helping, 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 and keeping everyone's dreams in motion. That's what you guys are all about. That's what VME is all about. Make sure you guys check them out out there. And listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for every episode of Joe and Joe you've listened. And uh, we will see you in the future. And now you, Joe, and Joeing is half the battle.